for breakfast. Time for breakfast. It's time for breakfast. It's time for breakfast. Time for breakfast. It's time for breakfast. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, August 3rd, and for the first time in a long time, it's hashtag full squad up in this mother. I'm Jay Skeets, rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey Hey, yo. The international man of mystery. Taking it to the boomers, Lee Ellis. Friends. And finally, the man making the magic happen. It took him 40 hours to get home from Canada, (laughs) but here he is. Uh, It's JD. Hello. What's up, JD? Man, that was fun, eh? I wouldn't say fun. No. No. Fun. (laughs) Mm. Uh, It was interesting. Uh, and it was hilarious, liter- legit hilarious. If it was happening to somebody else, I would be laughing the entire time. <laughs> oh. Like, okay. I was in constant con- uh, contact with my family back at the cottage, including Rachel, and they were just dying laughing the entire time. <laughs> every, every step of the way. I mean, we could do an entire episode on what went wrong on my trip back from Canada. Oh, it, okay. it, I mean, it was... Insanity. I can't even begin to to uh, like to sum it up, really. So, yeah, right, we'll it was see, we'll it was it for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. summer. I don't mind yeah. that idea. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave a comment below the vid. Help us defeat the algorithm. And if you haven't, come on, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the Beach Stepping Podcast when we hit the beach and answer all your NBA and non NBA cues. Send them in. Email them in. No Dunks at theathletic.com. And finally. Go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Shirts and hoodies and shorts and mugs. All the immaculate items you would want over at nodunks.com. Okay, we're going to discuss the Olympic men's basketball results. That final game just wrapping up. Lily, very excited. Rocking the uh, the yellow and gold there for the Boomers, who will Classics. now take on Team yeah. USA. Yeah. Classic. 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 I wore this pretty much every <laughs> day in country. Athens in 2004, and uh, yeah, still holds up. So nice. uh, this is my go-to. You're about ready to lose the stripes there on the shoulders, oh, mate. That yeah, looks like yeah. you've been wearing it every day since 2004. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a little bit uh, puffy at the end of the trip to Athens. I'll tell you what, <laughs> out there, because it was uh, rather warm, but I just, I, I was like, I'm wearing it every single day. I don't care what it costs. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I've put a bit of the tide into it and it's, uh, it's smelling okay these days. But okay. we'll you, can sell, you can sell that as a vintage look right now. If you told me that you bought that yesterday, yeah. I would have believed you. Totally. This is priceless, though. There's uh, no I can, price. <laughs> I can smell it from here, my man. So. We've got Tweet of the Night, of course, here on the show. But first, let's get into it. NBA free agency officially began last night. Uh, with teams and players wasting no time coming to terms on big-ass deals throughout the league. Uh, how much money was thrown around on day one? Did anybody do that yet? I didn't see a tweet, but I'm sure it was like a billion dollars when you add it all up. A lot of guys getting signed there uh, soon after that uh, 6 p.m. Eastern start. So, a bunch of questions to try and uh, wrap it up, do the roundup here. We won't get to everything. Apologies in advance. But first question, uh, we'll start with you, Trey. Because I see the hat. I see the No Dunks Bulls-inspired t-shirt. Biggest winner 
from day one of NBA free agency, my man. Well, it's no surprise, Skeets. The Bulls are winners of free agency, day one. Just like the trade deadline. All praise to AK, but I'm saving my Bulls are back until it actually works out because we saw what happened at the trade deadline. (laughs) That being said, just like at the trade deadline, pretty much unanimous acclaim for the Bulls yesterday. Locked in Lonzo Ball basically right away. Four years $85 million deal. That's a good price for a good player. Mm -hmm. But the huge thing is, as a Bulls fan, they didn't give up a ton to uh, to get him back. Uh, They gave up Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round draft pick when it was kind of looking like it was going to be a Lowry Markkinen sign-and-trade, double sign-and-trade that eventually got Lonzo to the Bulls, but didn't have to give up Markkinen. Still another chip they can play or maybe even bring him back. We shall see. The big surprise, though was getting Alex Caruso a few hours later. Four years, $37 million deal. The full mid-level exception. Kind of similar to Lonzo, to be honest. Brings the defense and shooting, but Caruso gives you a little bit more athleticism rather than passing with Lonzo. I think these guys are both huge upgrades in Chicago's backcourt. The Bulls somehow finished 11th in defense last season, but like we talked about so many times, they were great against terrible teams, and bad against good teams. Against the good teams, guard defense, non-existent. Zero resistance at the point of attack. And instantly, you're playing downhill against their centers. It was Wendell Carter Jr. early in the year, and then Vooch for the second half of the season. These moves, I think, address the defense part pretty well. Uh, Gives the Bulls a chance, at least, on the defensive end. Vucevic, not a defender, but played on some good defenses in Orlando. So this gives them a chance, and on offense... Both Lonzo and Caruso are kind of going to be role players who fit alongside uh, Levine and Vucevic, bringing you a little bit more athleticism, which the Bulls, despite having Zach Levine, didn't have a ton of athleticism out there. So this helps there. They need some wings. They need some backup big guys. They're either starting Thaddeus Young or Troy Brown Jr. probably as one of their wings. So we'll see a lot of three-guard lineups. Like I said, they still got a chance to do something with Lowry Markkinen. I'm hesitant to say that the Bulls are back, <laughs> but it was a great first day in free agency. Sure. It's nice to see your team make a move at the trade deadline, go on a podcast and say, hey, this is a place that people are going to want to sign now, and then they actually do it. They got yep. Alex Caruso from the Lakers, and he's going to be, you know, that's a championship-level team. He would have been able to get some money from them, you would think. They're one of the richest franchises out there, and the Bulls pride them away. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I was happy, obviously. Yeah. How did how did they give how did the Lakers give up Alex Caruso? It really makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, this team has been so good defensively the last couple of years. They trade away their best perimeter defender in Contavious Caldwell Pope, give away Cal Kuzma who is a good help defender anyways, and now they're just getting freaking old uh, with all their signs. They they go get all their old guys, Dwight Howard, Trevor Reza, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, guys that played with them before. So what is this defense anymore? Is it a championship yeah. defense with Russell Westbrook eating a billion minutes at the point guard spot? I mean, Wesley Matthews and Taylor Horton Tucker are still there to sign, but Alex Caruso, he was so key for them. And I'm, I'm just shocked that four years and $37 million is enough to pry him away. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Derek Fisher era. Like somebody would pay him more. At, Utah paid him more. Sne- is stealing him away from the Lakers. And he just came back. I don't know if Caruso's going back, but uh, you know, the Lonzo ball thing, um, I, I think was a very good start uh, to the free agency uh, signings. But then I think the Alex Caruso thing just kind of took it over the top because um, 
Lonzo Ball is, is is good, but he's more of a help defender. I think Caruso will be the the starting point guard on that team. I think they start three guys and three guards really mm-hmm. in Levine and those two, and then Kobe White to me because Caruso's in there goes back to his perfect bench role. So we'll see how it all works out. But I, mm-hmm. I think uh, it's a nice nice start here, uh, and and it looks like yeah, a comparable or a competent defense. Yeah, universal acclaim, I'd say, too, for the Bulls here on uh, day one, at least, which is maybe rare. <laughs> I haven't been able to say that a long time when we talk about No, no, agency. unfortunately, Skeets, the answer, we actually did get to say this. There was universal oh. acclaim for the Chicago well, Bulls yeah. when they brought in Tomas Sadoransky yeah. and Fad Young. It looked like last year, or two seasons ago, was going to be the season that the Bulls did it. That didn't work because the coach was Jim Boylan. True. Things have changed since then, but universal acclaim then universal acclaim at the trade deadline this past year but i'm telling you third time's a charm skates third yeah. time is a charm uh lee what do you think of the bulls moves here quickly you, you liked what they did there especially the lonzo ball part which yeah. is the, the huge part of this and is it too much money for either of these guys you like the fit like tk saying alongside levine what do you think the bulls got better no doubt uh how much better that we is remain to be seen because uh they should be better than a playoff team i mean they should be in the playoffs next season but they've still got a few holes to fill but i think four and 85 million for lonzo is is fine these days 20 million a year everyone's getting 20 million a year he has still a consistency issue because he has days where he hits seven threes and then he goes zero for 10 the next day and he's going to continue to do that. But he's a good defensive player. He's a good rebounder. He knows he can get out there and run with Zach Levine. And yeah, Caruso is a good defensive player. The Lakers are going to miss him there. So I think the Bulls are like, oh yeah, four years, 37 million. That's nothing really for a guy who has played uh, in a championship and he's played with some experienced vets. So you expect Caruso bring, to bring some of that experience along. Whether or not he starts or comes off the bench, that's also re- remains to be seen. But I think uh, incremental steps here Chicago has is a team that improved yesterday so now what will uh, uh Karnishavis that yeah Karnishavis do for uh to, to continue to improve the team because I don't think they are certainly not a top four team in the east I think they're probably hovering around that six or seven right now uh and that is an improvement from where they ended last season what do you think this means for Larry Markkinen Trey like what's the, what's the move with him my guess is that they that the Bulls try and do some sort of sign and trade for some kind of two for one deal to get like a backup wing and a backup big man because I think uh, Markinen is a player who should be looked at here later in free agency. You know, as teams kind of maybe strike out on their number one target, he's still going to be able to shoot forty percent from three, and that's going to be valuable for some team that can use him as a role player. But the Bulls certainly would like to find a little bit more depth. That's my guess, though. I guess you could. Probably talk yourself into bringing Markin back at this point just because you need somebody else out there on the perimeter from a wing standpoint. Some hot rumors about a double sign and trade, doubled sign and trade from the Bulls' perspective with Markin and then DeMar DeRozan from the Spurs' side. Mm. Uh, Those two, I don't know. So it's like a double rainbow, yeah. eh? Double sign and trade. What does it mean? Uh, Tass, let's go to you next here because we've got to keep this moving so we can try and touch on a lot of teams. Who do you have as a big winner there from uh, day one, night one, whatever you want to call it, a free agency? Well, Chris Paul is a big winner, no doubt, because uh, he, he just made a boatload of money for himself. Four years, $120 million. No one expected a fourth year for Chris Paul to take him to the age of 40. 40 years old will be making $30 million. <laughs> Opted out of 44 this coming season to say, I'll take 120 and four. The president of the Players Association showing his members how it's done, no doubt. Um, and, and if it was just that for the Phoenix Suns, I'd, I'd wonder about their, their depth because they're, 
good enough, obviously, to make it to the NBA Finals. Great enough. But I, I would worry about campaign not being able to be re-signed with all that money going to Chris Paul's direction. But campaign took a real cheap contract to come back with the Phoenix Suns. Now, campaign almost out of the league. So you could look at his new contract of three and nineteen million dollars and say six million bucks. That's very, very good per year for, for a guy who's almost out of the league. But the way he performed in the playoffs, you'd think he'd get more than that. So the Suns bringing him back and then also addressing their backup center spot, which was a hole on their team and getting JaVale McGee for $5 million for one year. Big win all around. The Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns NBA Finals team is back uh, with, a, with a, a strengthened backup center spot. They let Torrey Craig go uh, to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're still extremely deep, and uh, they're extremely deep in the pockets of Chris Paul. Chris Paul's pockets are deep. Uh, the guy's making <laughs> now almost near near a half billion dollars over his career, like 450 approximately million dollars over the course of his career. That's a lot of bucks. But, you know, people may say, why don't you give – campaign some of those bucks give somebody else some of those bucks you're the pl- that, <laughs> give him some bucks that the president yeah i'm locked in on the bucks talk here i got a buck <laughs> shirt on i just realized it's my workout shirt uh but i think chris paul is going to do a lot of good with that money more so than a lot of other players in the league so uh, yeah he's making a boatload of money uh but it's in good hands i think with chris paul <laughs> No, that's uh, Allstate in good hands. He's State Farm. <laughs> um, he's got to share it with Cliff Ball, too, so some of that money's going to go to him. Uh, yeah. What did you think, uh, Lee? We were a little surprised by, like Tass said. Do we know the details, Tass, on the fourth year? Has that been uh, shared? Whether like, Is it fully guaranteed? Or, yeah, I don't like, know. I, I don't know I'm guessing either. Chris Paul holds the uh, leverage in that. I just just feel that he would. I don't think it's a team option, or if it is, it's maybe a 15 million buyout or something like that. Uh, but yeah, the Suns, this was their most important thing to, to lock up Chris Paul. And I think you said, Skeeter, you were thinking about 120 million. So uh, good well, call there. Well, no, we were talking, we thought it would be a three-year deal. Yeah. You know, there were reports of 90. You guys were kicking around 100 on yesterday's show. I said, I think it's going to be more. Didn't see the fourth year coming though. <laughs> um you know, I, I, and when I mean more, I wasn't saying, I actually didn't think 120. I thought, well, maybe it's 3110, 3105, yeah. something like that. But in the end, it's uh, 4120, and we don't really know the exact details on that last one. But I'm with you, yeah. Lee. It's, uh, it's very possible that he's, it's fully guaranteed. I mean, I don't know. It might be an option in there. Who knows? But yeah, Sun's running it back. Get Cam cheap. Get JaVale back up big, like Tess said. Pretty, pretty good day overall. Would you give him a thumbs up? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I say, they, they, they got so close to the final, or to the championship that uh, it was really interesting to see whether or not the front office would now sort of say, all right, we have to invest in this team. Uh, and they did that because, again, if they'd let Chris Paul go and if he'd signed with, you know, let's say the Lakers, I think that would have signaled to the team that they weren't really all in. They were just like, oh, well, we got a good playoff run out of it. That was good enough. And now we'll sort of try to uh, save a bit of money and, and still see if we can still compete with the roster that we have. Instead, they go, okay, we're going we're gonna to, try to ride this thing as long as we can and uh, I think that's a good move I think it shows especially to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton their two franchise pieces that that the that the, the the franchise is committed to trying to win and to not just uh, enjoy that one good season so I think that's important and because uh, Devin Booker must be up for another extension in the next year or so anyway and this was his first playoff success his first time in the playoffs uh, and you know that he doesn't want to go back to those seasons of just winning 30 games again and in order to do that you have to put a strong team on the court and uh, the Suns are doing that my big winner from last night first couple of hours there of free agency i think it's got to be the heat because if we're looking at it right now they got the best player um well you know chris paul staying with the suns and Kawhi. we don't know yet but 
Kyle Lowry high on the available free agents list, and the Heat get him. They get the Groat, greatest Raptor of all time, sign and trade uh, as expected. Goran Dragic, uh, Precious Achua coming to the Raptors. Maybe Lowry doing them a little final solid there on his way out. Count that assist uh, on his all-time uh, Raptors assist leaderboard there. But the Heat also got defensive forward, NBA champ, dog, P.J. Tucker. Love that. Two years, 15 mil. Sort of like automatically takes over like the old Jay Crowder or uh, uh, Trevor Ariza type of role there. You could see that making sense. They re-signed sharpshooter Duncan Robinson. Five-year, $90 million. People are saying the largest contract ever for an undrafted player, which total number, $90 million true, but I think Van Vliet still made more per year when you break it down, uh, if you want to get into the, the nitty-gritty there. But unbelievable deal for Duncan Robinson. And then, according to reports, Trey, they're also progressing toward a maximum contract extension with Jimmy Butler that could be up to $184 million over four years. whole point of this is they are going for it. I mean, a couple of these deals... Butler's extension, even Lowry, if we're being honest, maybe even Duncan Robinson uh, at the back end of it, you'll be like, oh, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. But for the first year or two with Bam, of course, Butler, Tyler Hero probably coming off the bench now, PJ Tucker, like I said, like they're, I, they're, in the, they're in it to win it. And where they fall in terms of like the Bucks and the Nets, uh, if healthy uh, in the Eastern Conference, we'll see. But I mean, they, they think they can win a title. And, uh, I think they're a big winner because they're going for it. And they managed to do all of this without going over the luxury tax, which is pretty impressive, too. Yeah, made a lot of great moves. And like you, Skeets, I'm a fan of all of these moves. And it still leaves me feeling a little bit nervous because, like you're saying, the Heat are going all in on the Jimmy Butler-Kyle Lowry timeline more so than the Bam Adebayo timeline. Like, this is going to be the Heat's team here for at least a couple of seasons and we just saw them get swept out of the playoffs. They didn't look like they had a chance against the Milwaukee Bucks. We know they don't have their draft picks because of the Goran Dragic trade from a few years ago. Pretty weird to think about. And now you're rolling out there with a 35-year-old and a 32-year-old in your backcourt hoping that they click instantly so that you can get back to title contending status. I mean... I don't know. That's what I think the Heat made all the right moves yesterday. I would assign Duncan Robinson for a big deal as well. He's one of the best shooters we've seen in the league. Kyle Lowry, the premier free agent out there, and Jimmy Butler, a culture setter and a leader for the Miami Heat. But, I mean, are they now going to just lock themselves into being the third best team in the Eastern Conference for the next three seasons? It feels a little bit like that, but also two thumbs up because you did exactly what you should have done yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we're already a top 10 defense and now you're adding Lowry and Tucker to the mix? Like, holy shit. Like, what a lineup that they, in theory, could have out there, Tass, where it is Lowry, Butler, then a shooter in Duncan or Tyler Hero if you want at the end of the game, and then a Tucker and Bam. Like, what that is... That's four, like, really sort of elite defenders at their position. And then, you know, a sharpshooter in a Duncan or a Tyler. But what did you make of the Heat's moves yesterday? Yeah, it's all whether you believe that bubble Heat team was a fluke or whether it's for real. And, Mm. you know, we saw the Lakers get bounced in the first round here after making the finals in the bubble. And uh, same goes for the Heat. And I I think... And after a real offseason, the Heat will be a lot closer to that bubble Heat team, uh, especially with the the gritty dudes that they brought in and uh, P.J. Tucker uh, and Kyle Lowry. Uh, they're a top-heavy team, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe. I think the most surprising part, even though three for 90 for, for Kyle Lowry at 36, 
Yeah, it's a lot. I was the Jimmy Butler coming out of nowhere. Four for a huge number there. It's going to take him from ages 32 to 36. But we're seeing Chris Paul opt out of his deal at, at the end of it. We're seeing John Wall being able to be traded. Russell Westbrook able to be traded. So this is going to be their team for a couple of years. And then Jimmy Butler, I think, with a year or whatever uh, left on his deal, could still be moved. I think, you know, one year or, or two years left. Like They're not planning on trading Big Face Coffee anytime soon. This is their team going forward. But uh, I, I don't think it hampers them at all. It, it is odd, as Trey said, you got... Bam, one of the best bigs in the league as a, as a young guy, and then the oldies on the other end. But I think they could play together. I just watched Bam Adebayo uh, play the, the center role perfectly, like the Draymond Green role perfectly for Team USA in their quarterfinals game over Spain, where he's going to set the pick as a big man, get the ball at the elbow, like he's power, Marcus all, and then find guys. And he had a bad playoffs, no doubt, this past season. But when you see when you see all those 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 parts and you, you think about them individually on the heat like that should work really really well and uh bam i think is able to set all those guys up and as long as they can step up and score i mean yeah jimmy just faded last year but i, I think i think you could just give them uh give them a, a, the benefit of the doubt that it was just a bad little run there I think it comes down to Bam and Hero. They really need to take a step forward. Bam, like I remember, Skeets, how many times last season you said, is Bam Adebayo having a good season? Like yeah, it was impossible to yeah. tell. Like he does it all defensively. He moves the ball, like Tass is saying, offensively. He can score a little bit. There are times when he's not very aggressive going to the hoop. And, you know, you're like, come on, Bam. Let's, uh, let's see the offensive skills that we know you have. He needs to be consistent every night. And Hero's another big one. He, these are their two young pieces that are now around, but they can't just be young developmental guys that are kind of on the verge of all-star berths, right? They need to be contending for all-star berths. They need to be like consistent top six competitors every single night. It can't be this kind of upsy downsy kind of stuff because you know you're going to get consistent performances from Butler and Lowry, despite the fact that they're older guys. And there are probably going to be times when they miss some time the growth now comes from the young guys on the Heat, so we need to see it. Yeah, Lee, what did you think of the Miami's moves here and their chances to compete for a title again? Uh, you know, we're not capologists here, but when I saw Lowry signing for ninety million, Duncan Robinson signing for ninety million, Jimmy Butler signing for one hundred eighty-four million, obviously it's not all in one season. But you're like, I just don't get how it all. You know, because Bam just signed his extension as well. Like their salary cap in three years must be like two hundred sixty million already. It just feels like that because everyone was getting paid. But uh, look, the Heat. The Heat seem to be the team that kind of always get who they go for. You know, they just seem to be able to get it done. You know, Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg there in the front office, they they have a way of getting th getting what they want. And uh, they did that yesterday by basically, you know, again, Dragic was gone, Iguodala, they didn't re-sign. So those guys were out the door. They basically had to give up uh, Precious Achua and that was it. And they None's get probably gone as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's right. None they probably can't keep as yeah. well, but that's like fine. They can, they can. Of none, Robinson and Hero, none's the one you can afford to lose. So uh, none's on the run, uh, basically. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that's the thing. Like they, they keep their core pieces. They add some uh, veterans who play solid, tough defense in Larry and PJ Tucker, and they also say, "All right, Jimmy, we're going to lock you up with 184 million." So, um, but but you know they're not automatically. I don't think you know top three in the East. So they've still got to prove it on the court because, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the one question is signing 35-year-old guys. I mean, you don't expect Larry and PJ Tucker to continue to improve. You, you know you're going to get good, right. tough play out of right. them. 
But, you know, very few players get better at this age, and especially when you are looking at for Lowry more so than Tucker to play a big role and play heavy minutes. So uh, we'll see how it all comes together. But uh, as I say, they, they sort of got what they wanted out of it, and that's what uh, the whole objective for every team is yesterday. I just, I feel like, got comfortable with seeing guys making the 40 million plus in one season. You know, I had just come to... Uh, to, to be like, yeah, that's sort of normal in, t- in today's uh, NBA. Uh, you know, you guys got to get a $40, $40 million deal and the $40 million. And now I've got to, like, get used to seeing the five there, Trey. Because now, like, Jimmy Butler, I think in the last year, it's over $50 million. You know, Beal's headed that way. There's many other guys. It's like, whoa. It's like <laughs> just like seeing yeah. the one-year number is really eye-opening. So, yeah, some of these guys already were at that uh, the 50 there plus in a – in one of these years in the future. Yeah, two of the most hallowed numbers in the NBA for me are a $50 million contract and a player born in the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> Weird stuff. But yeah. uh, we've crossed yeah. the threshold both ways. Yeah. We yeah. have, we have. And just uh, and just to jump back, when, yeah. the, when the Heat signed their big three way back in the day and the money was a lot less uh, to sign Bosch, LeBron, uh, and Wade, that took them to the salary cap. And as Lee said, uh, they're paying a boatload of money for their you know, top five guys and then top six with Tyler Hero. Uh, it's the same sort of scenario. They got to get guys on the cheap. They got Dwayne Dedman yeah. yesterday as well. Uh, but I think, I think just like those teams back then uh, that you saw guys looking for a ring, I, I know people don't necessarily think the Heat are right there, but I think they will... Yeah, I think they have enough of the reputation that they'll, they'll be able to give Brooklyn and Milwaukee enough of a fight. So there will be guys like Melo, possibly, or somebody on the cheap that just looks at this mm-hmm. team and says, all right, I'm ready to drop some threes for you off the bench because they, they need some they need people. They need players. They need, bonds, uh, they yeah. need contracts uh, yeah. because, yeah, they're just they're loaded. Up yeah, top. A lot a lot of vet minimum contracts will be signed there in Miami. What about Paul Millsap? Is he a possibility? Paul Millsap <laughs> go down Probably. in Miami? Yeah, Melo's a yeah. good call. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be like the Lakers, the Nets, the Heat, and like, yeah, maybe the Bucks. Like so me, a lot of these teams vying for these guys on the cheap. Like some of these guys on the fringes, like, come on, we need oh, yeah. we need some help here. You can actually get some minutes here for us uh, on a second unit. And uh, you never know what happens in a playoff series, somebody goes down with an injury. So come play for us. And I'm sure they'll be able to uh, coax a couple people down there to Miami. I'm with you, Tass. Uh, a good day. Look, the Lowry part of the deal, leaving our Toronto Raptors, Tass, I feel like we don't need to go over this, like, a whole lot. The, the eulogy was already, like, sort of shared back at the deadline, and we knew this was happening. You and I were pretty convinced he was ultimately getting moved. But anything to add um, with Kyle Lowry having played his last game ever, possibly ever for the Toronto Raptors, uh, I guess it was a... A big win against the Lakers, was it not? Wearing the Purples uh, Raptors jersey uh, in, a, in a dominant. I think he had like a 35-point game in that one. He had a wicked game. But anyway, as Lowry moves on, what do you think of the return and what they do with Dragic and the Gary Trent Jr. signing and all that from a Raptors fan's perspective? Big win against the Lakers. Forgot about that. Yeah, thing. I'm pretty sure that was Lowry's last <laughs> I game. Right, yeah. I think it was, yeah. Um, listen, uh, the greatest Raptor of all time, the GROAT. It's a great acronym, but... To me, what's not talked about enough is is that acronym as 
it should be standing for the greatest rump of all time. Al Lowry's rump. Uh, put it in the hall, baby. In that in that crazy wing with Zaza Pachulia's monstrous head, uh, and, and and different in different body parts as we all as we all have adored over the last. Alonzo Morning's biceps. Yes. Yep. Give him the biceps. Uh, whose fingers get to go in? Uh, uh, Lionel Hollins. Sean Marion. Sean Marion. Yeah. Well done. Well okay. done. But you want the old, rump. You old want the skinny, rump the skinny foot Durant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Uh, they got something back. That's all the Raptors fans could ask for. Goran Dragic, I guess, should move on. I, th- I could see him as a as a Dallas Maverick. It sure feels that way. Like he's going to go mm-hmm. join his countryman, Luka True. Doncic, uh, at some point. Okay, what about this? If this report was true, that Masai Ujiri had, had the option to pick with, between Tyler Hero and Precious Achua, uh, if what that's a, true. What a report. Yeah, um, and, you know, he takes Precious over Tyler Hero. Again, I don't know the, how actual, you know, <laughs> legit that is, but if, what do you think of that? Uh, I mean, you talked a little bit yesterday about being a, a fan of Precious, Precious Achua, right, Tess? And I'm a, fr- a fan of Masai Ujiri, so if he wants to do that, pfft. He has won a championship for the Toronto Raptors. Is up to him. I don't know. I don't know if you can legitimately buy this uh, report, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't big. put too much. This is why it makes sense. Yes. I mean, even if like yes, yeah. But Tyler Hero has done more in the league, although it's you know not yeah. a lot. Uh, I, I'm a Precious Chua fan. Let's see it. I want to see this lineup of uh, of all perimeter players. Uh, Precious Chua. Confident dude, blocked Kevin Durant when uh, Nigeria played USA, Instagrammed about it. Half the game is the mental. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and, uh, and just while we're talking raps, uh, again, Tass, Gary Trent Jr. Felt like that was a fair deal. Three years, $54 million, I believe, is being reported. Um, were you surprised by that number at all, or is that right sort of in the wheelhouse? I think it's good for everybody involved. Handshake yeah. emoji on that one. I think nice. uh, he gets paid. Raps get a solid guy and and it makes sense it, it, it's it's funny that it's a similar contract to what norman powell got for the from the blazers and that they were just traded for each other mm-hmm. uh, but uh trent trent jr a lot younger and uh yeah i, th- I think everybody did well in this uh, transaction masai ujiri again on his way out the door possibly it's so funny watching masai ujiri uh, as raptors fans are hyperventilating whether or not he's going to leave. He's just calmly in these videos in the war rooms, just making these moves. And then he's just going to stroll on out the door if he wants, or he might stay. I, I don't know. He's just, he's pulling off good moves. I think the Trent, the Trent move should be applauded by everybody. I'm sure you guys agree. Yeah, I got no problem. That that's exactly the money I thought he was going to get. And like you said, Norm ends up getting what, five for uh 90. 90 was it in the end lee is that your big winner norman powell just uh, uh, yeah getting, getting some cash look uh that was the question the raptors trade him because they basically didn't want to have to pay him that much the blazers do norm earns it norm is uh a little bit up and down at times he's a good shooter when he can get going he had a good couple of seasons the last two seasons uh doesn't give you a whole lot else but he's in a good situation there i think in portland and if he continues to improve he'll make that contract seem like a bargain i think but if he sort of bees the norm where he does go missing for games at a time it might be uh, a little bit frustrating there for the blazers but look when you make a trade like that you sort of almost have to sign the guy to show that you're making the trade for the right reasons it wasn't just a sort of trade for the hell of it mm-hmm. uh the raptors get uh, gary trent i think again he deserved that he earned that and I think Norm, I think Norm can be really good in the right situation alongside Damian Lillard. There, uh, you know, he he went over with uh, you know what a third of the season to go, and um, 
he seemed to play pretty well. So uh, I'm happy for Norm. I'm happy he got his he got his bucks. And uh, I think Raptors fans, I mean, look, I know he drove them crazy at times, but they're happy to see him uh, get rewarded, I think. So good on you, Norm. And it's similar to Duncan Robinson, I think. Just, you know, those guys, they got paid. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's good on them. You know, you got to back yourself, and they did. As for, I just want to go back to P.J. Tucker with the Heat there. People are like, why isn't he staying in Milwaukee? They just won a championship. Just they don't want to. The owners don't want to pay the money. Is what it comes down to. Because if he say got a deal for like seven million dollars from Milwaukee, it would have cost the Bucks twenty three million in tax. And so now you're looking at a thirty million bill, uh, thirty million dollar excuse me bill for a guy like PJ Tucker. Now you might be able to say, especially if you're a Bucks fan, well, why the hell wouldn't you do that? <laughs> I mean, you should do that. You obviously you just want a title. You're, you're billionaires first off. Nobody's gonna cry for these guys. Um, you should pony up. Um, especially for a guy that helped you win a championship like P.J. Tucker coming over there. So they did it. They, 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 uh, they brought back uh, B.J. Bobby. Uh, B.J. <laughs> they brought back uh, Bobby. <laughs> oh, B.J. Porter. Uh, Bobby BJ Portis on a good deal. Um, but this is why Tucker's not there. Just make it very clear. They didn't want to go into you know, that luxury tax bill. And so they just didn't want to pay the money. And that's yeah, why the owners there. cheaped out. That's yeah. why. Yeah, which exactly. you know, fair enough. Um, but I mean, we just saw the Warriors pay how much for Kelly Oubre last year? Eighty yeah. million dollars for mm-hmm. a team that ended up in the lottery. You can easily regret this if you're the Bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and PJ was good, but they can afford to lose him though. I think as well. You know, they, he was solid in his uh, role there. But uh, if they can replace him, I think Bobby was the more important signing for them because Bobby was pretty good for them. So uh, I think that's it. They, they, they can probably replace PJ's minutes with a, another vet out there somewhere. So mm. uh, I'm, I, I can see people sort of upset. You know, they, they you know, owners have got the bucks for sure, but uh, pardon the pun, excuse the <laughs> hey. pun. Uh, but it's also, I don't think it's, you know, it's not a disaster for Milwaukee that uh, the PJ's not coming back. I think they'll, they'll be able to cope without him. Yeah, the, right. the Milwaukee's fans got to be hurt, though, because P.J. Tucker is hurt. This is what he Instagrammed yeah. after he signed with uh, the Heat. His caption was, quote, Today took a hard turn on the road of my career, but like my grandma used to tell me, all you could control is what you can control. So he expected to come back. Uh, now they've signed Shemi Ojale. I, I don't know if that's the, the direct guy who's going to be in that starting lineup, um, uh, but... You know, Dante DiVincenzo comes back, and I, and I do agree with Lee right now. At this second, it might seem a little heavy for the Bucks that they don't want to pay what would have been a $30 million bill when all is said and done uh, with that luxury tax bill. It's not quite 80 Kelly Oubre, but uh, yeah, I think it is replaceable in the end. But Shemi Ojale is not that guy. Uh, it, no. Jay Tucker did do a good job on Kevin Durant. Uh, in that second series, and and he somehow stayed on the floor, but they can figure out a way. And yeah, they they get the discount. Bobby Portis, two years, nine million after helping them that's win the the trophy. Yeah. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, this is a fun question in terms of free agency. Wildest WTF deal from from last night, uh, Lee. Let's uh, you get us started here with this one. Which deal had you going? What? How much? To which team? Whatever reason. Where you go? Well, the Knicks entered free agency with the most cap space available, um, and I don't really think they did a whole lot with it. Their biggest signing turned out to be Evan Fournier, four years and eighty million dollars. Now, Fournier's young; he's twenty-eight, I think, um, and he can shoot. He's a, he's a decent offensive player. He struggled when he went to Boston last season, but again, you get traded mid-season; it's hard to, to immediately come in and have an impact there. Um, now, the Knicks, though, I sort of feel in general. 
their season was great. Their regular season was fantastic. Finished fourth in the East, and their defense was incredible. But I think they were punching well above their weight as they got exposed in the playoffs. I mean, they won one game against the Hawks and, and were out in five games. So they uh, bring in a guy who's like a good player, a good player. But, you know, I mean, I think if you're the Knicks, you're, you're probably like, I don't really think Fournier sort of does all that much. Now, he can go and get his own shot. And, and that's what they did miss in the playoffs. They really True. sort of had no one else who could go and create for themselves. But how much does Fournier sort of do that? Now, four years and 20 million a year, that's in the NBA. You can move that contract around fairly easily. So it's not going. It's not like a, uh, a cap killer in that sense. I just sort of don't think the Knicks in general had an outstanding day. They, they basically ran back the same team, uh, yeah. except, for, except for Reggie Bullock. But again, that got sort of found out in the playoffs to be actually not that good. So um, I think they probably needed to make a bit bigger of a splash yesterday. And listen, this but is the But what's the splash? This is well, my this only is what pushback. Because yeah. I keep seeing this. People are like, yeah. wow, they had $50 million in cap space. They ended up giving it to Fournier and then three guys they already had. They just yeah, paid Rose, more money. Rose, Noel, three years, Burks. $43 million. Yeah. Burks, three years, $30 million. And then uh, Nerlens Noel, three years, $32 million. But what was the other move? That like realistic move. Kawhi's not coming to the Knicks. I'm sorry, yeah. that's not happening. Chris Paul was not, I guess, coming to the Knicks either. So it's like... Where was that money, that splash, going to happen? Yeah. Well, Who was that, jumping in the pool? Well, well, maybe no one, but it just sort of felt a little bit to me like the Carlos Boozer to the Bulls in the 2010 season, where it's like, we've got to spend it on somebody. Uh, and Fournier was their most expensive signing. So mm-hmm. uh, I just I just don't think they improved, really, the Knicks yesterday, and I think they needed to. Now, yeah, of course, who is that splash? Maybe the Knicks tried, and maybe they just couldn't get anyone there. But this is the thing. The Knicks being back, we sort of thought, well... Big franchise, big city. They will now attract uh, that talent because they're playing well, but they apparently weren't able to. Or Tibbs is just too loyal to his own guys. Maybe that's the problem there because, again, Rose Rose was their second best player when he came over in the trade, which is not a good sign for the Knicks, really. I mean, credit to Derek Rose for playing well, but three years and 40 million. And then Alec Burks, what, what did he get in the end? I can't remember. Three for 30. Yeah, he's yeah. getting 10 a year. And then Nerlens Noel, uh, 32 million for four years. Uh, well, these guys just—all they all played really well for the Knicks, yeah, and yes. then they got paid for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but and like, that's the—but that's the problem, I think, because okay, I, I just don't yeah. think they—I just don't think they improved yesterday, and I think they really needed to after uh, their playoff like failure. It was in the end. Yeah, last year the Knicks signed all these, basically these couple of these guys we've mentioned to one-year deals, yeah. and yeah. it looked fine because it's—they're not locking up their cap room for several years, but. Now they are <laughs> because they handed out $183 million yesterday uh, to yeah, essentially have the same team. Now, in the playoffs, if Evan Fournier is on the floor and Julius Randle's shot's not going, is Evan Fournier going to bail you out? I guess in theory, yeah, but it, I'm just not buying it. I, I like Evan Fournier. Nice fella. But in 2016, <laughs> 2016, when all the money was being handed out to everybody and their moms, Jan Mahimi was getting a contract. Batum was getting a contract because of the salary cap spike. Evan Fournier got five for 85 from the Orlando Magic. The contract expired yesterday, and boom, he gets a similar type of deal uh, from the New York Knicks. Who are they bidding against? I don't think anybody. I think they, they made this team fine, um, and it's, it's going to be their team for a couple of years, and that's the disappointing part. They're just, they're just kind of locked up everything for a, an okay team. And, uh, you know, Derek Rose, you know, three for 43, guess he earned it. Burks is a fine guy coming off the bench. You can move that. Nerlens Noel, three for 32. He wasn't really even able to start in the playoffs. He was a little banged up, but he was coming off the bench. Now you're paying him as a starter. Mitchell Robinson's your backup. 
I, I don't, I just, it's just a real big bag of meh uh, for me. I, I understand that, but again, I just push back with like, what else did you want them to do here, really? Uh, just leave it? Or just try yeah. and get all these guys to sign one-year deals again? Yeah, good luck with that, because they had played their way into, you know, decent NBA deals. That's what they've proven here, those three guys that we're talking about, Rose, Burks, and Nerlens Well, I, I think, think they're the just problem is Fournier, that, right? What's that? The problem is Fournier for Fournier, four years. Yeah, That's yeah, a I long mean, time saw, for Fournier. So would you rather have DeRozan on, yeah. on more money, let's say? Yeah. You would? If it was I shorter, I mean, the, the, the length of it is the problem for me. Four years for Fournier is going to be a problem when he's 32 years old. You're not going to be wanting to pay him $20 million at that point. Mm-hmm. And, but I guess it, yeah, I, maybe it's easier to trade him. Maybe that's the huge thing is that they have a $20 million trade chip now that can soak up some possessions offensively. Fournier has been brutal in the playoffs, so I don't think he's going to be the answer there. You got to hope Julius Randle bounces back, has another all NBA season. We will see if that's the case. And you got to hope for growth from a guy like Emmanuel quickly. Maybe he can start into the starting point guard role, right? Yeah. And maybe Barrett can be a little bit more of a creator, but I don't know. Four for 80 seems like a lot for Evan Fournier at the back end of it, though. You know, if it's easy to throw a $20 million guy into a trade along with a couple of other $10 million contracts in Noel and who else? Alec Burks. You could do that if you're trying to get to like a Damian Lillard's yeah. number eventually at some point. So that's probably the reason I would have preferred a little bit more flexibility, but that's what the Knicks have been doing for the past couple of seasons. They're not getting any free agents right now, except for your Fournier. So maybe it's better to just uh, keep some more Lego like pieces around. <laughs> Tass, uh, let's keep it going here. What's another team or deal that had you going? WTF? What the? What was that all about? What do you? What do you got? Well, I think the Hornets are sort of similar to the Knicks in that you know some of these contracts that they they surrounded Zion Williamson with are okay oh. in a vacuum, but the Pelicans. Pelicans. Oh yeah, the yeah. New Orleans. I, I'm I'm thinking about Chris Paul going crossover in an old New Orleans Hornets jersey. Uh, But yeah, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, thanks for the correction. Because yeah, I... I just I just see the teal and I'm just I'm just thinking. Uh, well, they got back a Hornets the player there. They did, yeah, they did for through. sure. Yeah. yeah, but are they making Zion uh, Williamson happy by going to get Devonte Graham for for 47? They have to give up a first round pick. Uh, I'm a big Devonte Graham backer, but now you're kind of uh, you know putting a lot of stock into a guy who hasn't had a a very stable, consistent career, and they give up Lonzo Ball in a side and trade to get. Tomas Sadaransky and and solid Garrett Temple back. So all in all, when you look at this offseason for New Orleans, Jonas Valanciunas comes in as they shed contracts with Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams going out. They get an outside shooter in Trey, don't call me Troy Murphy, and uh, Herb Jones, who's a a defensive specialist. <laughs> Who's a football coach for the Alabama squad. Yeah, yeah. 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 Herb Jones. Herb Jones. <laughs> Herb Williams. Best Herb in in sports history. I, I, I like Herb Williams, former former coach and the player in the league. Herb the best Herb since I was over at Trey's house, uh, out on the yeah. porch with him late at night. Al Harrington. Herbing it up. Um, anyways, uh, to me, uh, you know, Zion Williamson, uh, I don't think it could be all this all that pumped. You know, Valentine no, is not horrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they got What's off of Bledsoe, and that's one of the positives. Um, Valentine is not as much as people think. You know, upgrade on Stephen Adams, fine, but he's yeah. not giving Zion Williamson space. Uh, you just got to hope Devonte Graham and and Trey Murphy are lighting it up, and I don't know. You're kind of just dreaming. And Nikhil Alexander Walker has to be a a bigger player, but. 
Um, you're hoping for a lot of ifs, in, in my opinion here. Man, did did Griff and the Pelicans organization legit just hate Lonzo Ball? This is all I keep coming back to. I don't to get do. it. I am, yeah, this is confusing. Because by all accounts, Zion liked him. I mean, he's talked up about like how him and Brandon were like the future of the team and they were building something there. And it's like, what? It's like these moves. Devontae Graham, I'm sorry. He is, he's the, one of the most overrated players in this league. He had like <laughs> one good stretch. He played great for like, I don't know, 45 days. And suddenly like everyone's like, oh, Playoff, this guy. Uh, and look, he is super, super streaky. I, I'll give him that. He is a guy that can hit 10 threes in a game. And you're like, whoa. And then he'll go a whole bunch of games where he can't hit a shot. Like he is not a great shooter. He's not a sharpshooter, that's for damn sure. He just wants to chuck it up, though. Yeah. And that's the big thing for the Pelicans, is having somebody who's willing to take those threes because Zion doesn't want to take him. Ingram is not necessarily a three-point shooter, though he can shoot him well enough. Lonzo made himself into a three-point shooter, but he finally started shooting him last year, like actually getting him up. I guess, though, at least Graham attempts them is I the guess. thinking here. Maybe he got to keep him honest out there, one of the craziest things. But they traded a first-round pick. That's wild to me. They could have just matched Lonzo's contract, uh, brought him back. I think he was a great fit next to Zion. Obviously, Griffin doesn't think so, yeah. but this has been a very weird, very, very weird uh, offseason for New Orleans. Yeah, they're on a lot of people's lists here today. Like the losers list, I guess, from free agency. Just some of these moves uh, they've made. Lee, anything to add to what they're doing down there? Are you just as confused? Yeah, yeah, and disappointed for them, really, because, uh, you know, Zion has had two seasons, and you wanted to see this season be the one where it's like, okay, now they've got some legit, you know, credentials here to get into the playoffs and make some noise before uh, Zion's rookie contract extension can kick in there. But instead, I think they have taken a step back for sure. Devontae Graham, that 45-day stretch, there was all-star buzz about that. I yeah, remember. Yeah, no, man. And people are still talking about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, 37% the last couple of seasons from three. So that's, you know. And from mo- the field, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's a modern-day type of guy who's like, you know, okay, I can I can get those threes up. But, yeah, it's sometimes he could have – he's the type of guy who could have 40 points, but your team could still lose by 20, I think. He doesn't really, uh, you know, really drag a team to victory. So, you know, four years, 47, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's you, not you crazy. Can, and, and listen, if he does become really... But I'd rather really... have Lonzo Ball, like Trace. Oh, 100%, 100%, I'd rather no guy question. Who plays yeah. some defense and is yeah. getting better and is young. And, yeah, and, and and as I said earlier, you know, Lonzo definitely has his uh, his drawbacks as far as his consistency there. But uh, the thing with Devontae, if he was to somehow become a, a very reliable, consistent shooter, then that contract is going to look great. But it's uh, after three seasons, it's like he definitely comes in and out and... Um, not sure you can really rely on him to, to be consistent. He's got a good fantasy team, though. Griff is building a solid fantasy team, I think. We had a good fantasy question from a man, Rhino Sets. Would you rather have uh, Devontae Graham in a keeper league? So five years of Devontae Graham or five years of Kobe White? Ooh. I said Devontae uh, Graham, and I'm still okay with it. I'm still okay with it right now. Yeah. Mm, You're saying Devontae, is that what you said, Tess? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. putting up the numbers. And in this backcourt here with the Pelicans, Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, himself. What did Kobe get, shoot from uh, three last year? He's a Devontae Graham. Yeah, he yeah. definitely yeah. is. He wants to get him up, and sometimes they're on fire. Uh, I Not think, as good. I think I would barely take uh, I barely would take Kobe just because yeah. of the chance he has a... Yeah of popping in the next five years where I think like we're trying to get back to those 45 days for Devonte Graham. But I don't know. Not only did 
Zion say he wished that Lonzo was back? Didn't he last season say that he wished Nikhil Alexander-Walker was playing more? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we just not going to listen to anything the guy says about who's getting in the ball? Yeah, I I don't. It's very confusing. I mean, I guess it's still in theory with Lonzo moving. There's more minutes there to be had for... uh, Alexander Walker, but yeah, Devontae coming in there. You know he's going to get his shots. That's what he does. That's why he's out there. Weird, weird uh, first couple hours there, or last couple days, really, for the uh, Pelicans and the decisions they're making. We'll see if it uh, you know pans out. Trey, let's, uh, let's wrap this up before we take a break here until we get to more questions about free agency, but do you have a big WTF deal or a team or decisions being made? Not so much a WTF. Fantastia hit on it earlier, but the Lakers are really getting the band back together out there. (laughs) And it's not so much WTF because you see this happen with super teams. You got to fill out the back of the roster uh, and it's often old guys. But man, four signings for the Lakers yesterday, all of them over 30, all former Lakers. Kent Bazemore, 32, second time. Drano Wayno Ellington, 33, <laughs> his second run. Trevor Ariza is back at 36. First time since 2009 he'll be a Laker. And Dwight Howard at 35 is there for the third time. 55 seasons of combined NBA experience. Average age of 34. And that's why I think Dave DeFore nailed it with his tweet last night. Calling the Lakers the Expendables. <laughs> a cosmic gumbo of old dudes reliving the glory days. Sometimes it works. Rondo and Dwight were great in yeah. 2020. Sometimes it doesn't. Wes Matthews and Marcus Gasol were not great last year, but the Lakers are getting old. Every player they've lost in the offseason is under 30. Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, Likely Dennis Schroeder and Andre Drummond. Everybody they brought in, Russell Westbrook included, over 30. Of the guys they signed yesterday, I would think only Dwight really has an impact for the Lakers. Uh, I mean, maybe Wayne Ellington will hit six threes in one game, but (laughs) I don't foresee him playing playoff minutes. They've still got a couple of moves they can make. They got matching rights on THT. They got their MLE. They got to make those count. Otherwise, we're looking at a lot of Dolph Lundgren and Randy Couture out there. <laughs> Is that uh, movie good? People, have you I saw the it? first one in a theater. I think they're like four or five deep. No. Wait, hold on, hold on. They made four or five of these movies? They've made a ton of Expendables. Oh wow. God, I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that at all. I thought maybe, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was a franchise. We're going to have to do that series after we do uh, Fast and the Furious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's oh, next summer. God. Okay. I thought that was Tropic Thunder when Dave DeFore tweeted yeah. that. It's my mistake. <laughs> I guess you haven't seen the movie either. Uh, any of the movies from none this of the, None of the franchise. four. They are expendables for me. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we already sort of talked about like uh, how baffling uh, the decision it was to not you know, pay Caruso tasks. But what, what do you think about the guys they're bringing in here, um, all these former Lakers? I guess, uh, as Trey mentioned, uh, Dwight is the backup center for Marcus Soule now. He will probably make a, a difference here in his third stint with the Lakers, which is wild to say. Uh, yeah. But beyond that, Kent Bazemore um, could chip in as a wing. I mean, he was pretty good. Uh, hit, a, hit a really good percentage of his threes yesterday, with, or yesterday, last year with Golden State, and took a bit of a pay cut to go to the Lakers. Yeah, threw some shade, I thought, there at the Warriors on his way out. Yeah, they were still trying to save money, but I don't get it. Uh, I, I, I don't get it in general. They became such a top-heavy team with Russell Westbrook as their you know, the third guy, and you know Russell Westbrook's going to eat a lot of minutes. Why not have grinders beside him like 
Alex Caruso. Uh, to, to me, that's the, the biggest question mark. Rob Plinka really going for it. it. This feels a little bit like Dave Griffin and the Cavs going for it in LeBron's last years, leaving the cupboard pretty bare. Uh, they obviously have to keep Taylor Horton Tucker, but... Taylor Horton Tucker wasn't winning championships with this team. He was he was you know on the this the 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 end of the second string unit. He wasn't the guy uh, playing out there. So I, I, to me, it's 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 a real WTF as a whole. Uh, just like me, I, I wouldn't have gone through all of these WTF moments uh, or sorry, all these Lakers moments if I knew it was in the doc Trey. That's my bad. I was watching uh, USA Spain this morning, and I didn't see that Trey had thrown this in. The Lakers just go behind the scenes here, uh, but uh, yeah, that's my bad. That's really my bad. Really, I think really. We my played bad. it smooth. You gave us a little taste early. Yeah. I came oh, in for the sequel, just like the Expendables. We'll be getting to part three later on in the tweet of the night. Yeah. Okay. Great. Nice, nice. tease there. Uh, well, let's take a break. We got lots more to talk about. Still, we'll get to some of our favorite minor deals, and we'll uh, go over who's left on the free agent market. Uh, that might be. Uh, informative for some of you joining us here live but we gotta take a break pay the bills let's continue with our nba free agency roundup here a couple more questions for you guys uh the next one is favorite minor deal and before i go to you first trey i want you to know that the stream team is telling us <laughs> that Woj is reporting sam decker is headed to the raptors yeah baby <laughs> wow so, i don't have the details on the numbers i'm gonna assume it's not a lot but you could pick sam decker to the raptors if you want yeah. for your favorite minor deal but trey uh what do you pick He's back, Sam, <laughs> two years away. The new growth, Sam Decker. <laughs> Exciting times for the Raptors. He must be six foot eight. I haven't checked, but if the Raptors <laughs> got him, he's got to be six foot eight. Uh, for me, though, great minor deal. Otto Porter going to the Warriors on the veteran minimum. He reportedly turned down the mid-level exception to sign with Golden State, which to me is an indicator that you're probably getting the best possible auto the best auto i think helpful for the warriors he's a 40 percent career three-point shooter he's only going to be taking the juiciest of looks now he's got size he can guard the three the four hits the glass handles the ball two things for Otto porter buy into your role and stay healthy that's the big question the guy hasn't played more than 56 games in a season since 2018 definitely less of a worry when you're on the veteran minimum than when you're making 20 million dollars a year but still, uh, the Warriors don't have a ton of space on the margins. So to be able to get a guy like Otto Porter could potentially be very nice for them as long as he's able to stay on the court. Okay, a little Otto Porter Jr. love there from TK. Lee, what do you got? Favorite minor deal? You know, a smaller deal. Yeah, Furkan Korkmaz getting three years and $15 million only from the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I like Furkan. I think he's a great player. I think he deserves a lot more time on the court too because uh, I think he can be a, a good shot maker, hitting those threes uh, around 38% last season. The season before, he was at 40%. He actually, his numbers did take a little bit of a dip from the season before uh, last season. But I think whenever he goes out there, he always gives the Sixers just that offensive punch that they need. And... Uh, I would like to see him get more time. I think Doc Rivers should get him out there earlier on more often and, uh, and have him uh, firing away because I think he's important for them. But so three years, 15 million, that's literally like uh, an intern rate, really, in the NBA. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think he's good. I think he's way better than that contract uh, suggests. And, um, you know, so I think the Sixers got a pretty nice deal out of that one. All right. Uh, Tass? Well, you know who I thought was way better? You, you said that, Lee, there about Furkan Korkmaz. I I thought Sam Decker was a better shooter. Did a little Sam Decker 
scouting here as you guys yeah. were, were talking. Yeah, he's he's not in the hole. He's not on, on Decker, baby. He's up to bat for the Toronto Raptors, but you'd think... He'd be able to shoot better from three. And I don't think that's just a racial profiling that I'm doing, that he's a white guy. Uh, he's just not a great three-point shooter. He played two years over in Europe. Uh, he's just gone. I mean, his probably his best moment was uh, falling flat on his face, uh, yeah. unfortunately. His most notable. I shouldn't say his best. Most that was a great moment, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty great moment. Uh, Rockets pick. I think he was a, a Daryl Morey pick. Went to the to the Clippers. As, I think part of the, the Chris Paul move. And then... Kind of got lost in uh, Europe. Uh, now he's back. Uh, Wisconsin guy, Trey. And 6'8". For sure. <laughs> Huge. Nice. Can't wait. Can't wait to see him on the wraps. See what he does there. Uh, I was going to say he's a new Jason Capono, but that's uh, bad nothing Jason <laughs> no. Capono a little bit. No. Uh, anyways, good luck to Sam Decker. Uh, I think uh, for me... I'm looking at the championship teams, uh, kind of surprised by what the Lakers did. I, I think the Bucks have done fine. Uh, and I, I look at the, the Nets that should be atop the Eastern Conference, and I think they did pretty well too. But they're not done. I think they, they were able to get Blake Griffin back after he performed so, so well for them. He was starting um, in the playoffs. Questions were, can he be a, a, a grinder-type player around stars after being a star himself for so long? And the answer is emphatically, uh-huh. He was so, so good in the playoffs, and they got him back on. Not sure what the deal is. That's one of the deals that hasn't been released probably one year for, I don't know, seven, eight, or something like that. Uh, but to retain him, as Lee said, it's intern-type money. I think they're ready to win a championship because, I, as I'm certain, they're not done. This this rumored deal of Spencer Dinwiddie, who was uh, injured all year for them, going to the Wiz, would probably be bring back parts for them, uh, like could be a Kyle Kuzma to play some defense on the mm-hmm. wing, which is exactly what they need, or, or the, he could be going to the... There could be a three-way deal with the Lakers, but either way, uh, I think they're going to get some guards, uh, some wing help, I should say, uh, because they've got enough guards they can trade Spencer Dinwiddie. So to get Blake back, I think they're on their way, uh, and I believe in Sean Marks, uh, in, in a, his ability to, to get a lot of those role players around their superstars. Uh, one guy they won't have back on that Nets team, Jeff Green. That's my favorite minor deal of the day, and here's why. A couple reasons. This was one of the rare uh, signings that was uh, reported by not Woj or Shams. Malika Andrews coming through with the Jeff Green uh, signing with the Denver Nuggets. Two years, $10 million. But my favorite part, everybody's favorite part of this, is assuming Jeff Green plays one game for the Denver Nuggets, and you would hope that would be the case after signing a two-year, $10 million deal, It will be his 11th different franchise he has played for. Now, I saw some people saying 12th team, which I guess is also technically true, right? Because he played for the Sonics in Seattle, Mm. then played for the Thunder. That's where it gets a little, uh, you know, a little confusing there. You go on 11, you go on 12. Anyway, it's a lot. Do you know, Lili, little trivia question here on a fine Tuesday morning, the record is 12. Yeah. For a guy that's played with 12 franchises, there's four different players that have done it. Can you name them? Massenberg. Tony Massenberg, yeah. former Chucky Raptors At- player. Chucky former At- every team player. Chucky um, Atkins. Ooh, wrong Chucky. Chucky Brown. Chucky Brown. Ah, yeah. Ishi Smith. <laughs> no, wrong Not Smith. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> wrong He's- Smith. Ish got 11. There was a oh, high draft pick. High draft pick by yeah. the name of Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Joe Smith. There Joe you go. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's actually the toughest one of these. And then yeah. one more, Lily. Um, you know, you probably know him best. Let's be honest. Maybe your age, uh, 
The Dallas Mavericks, I think, is the first team I always think of when I think of this guy. Oh, but, Jimmy Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. Chucky Brown, Jim yeah. Jackson, Tony Massenburg, and Joe Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Have played for 12 franchises. And Jeff Green, um, he can He's got a couple left in him. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 And here he goes. He goes to Denver. He's probably like, well, I was joking on Twitter last night. Do you think he just calls up his agent? And says, uh, you know, what team haven't I played for? Yeah. <laughs> and his agent's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think you've played for the Nuggets. And he's like, all right, let's go. Uh, I'll go play for them. There's, there's maybe that. And then uh, he's also probably thinking, I got one of the most underrated dunk mixtapes of all time. Yeah. I could, I'd like to get a couple more on the resume there on the YouTube mix. So, uh, well... Put me beside Jokic. I'll cut down the lane every once in a while. He'll find me screaming down there, and I'll posterize uh, another body. So I'm sure that'll happen. We'll get a nice Jeff Green Nuggets dunk. And, yeah. and I know hey, you were happy, Trey, with two greens in Denver there uh, with <laughs> Jermichael Green also signing. So yep. there you go. Weed is tight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love it. I love Jeff Green. Surely he's going to add to the dunk highlight tape in the first week of the season. And I think you can almost lock him in to be the NBA player who has played for the most franchises. This was a two-year deal. Isn't that right? Yeah, two-year. Trade him next year. <laughs> Teams love getting Jeff Green. Like, yeah. he has gotten in, more in demand as his career has gone on. He's been a great small ball five, uh, first with the Rockets, then there with the Nets. So... Uh, obviously, he won't be a, a five, really, for the Denver Nuggets, but uh, no. he'll be out there doing something, and then some other team will be interested in him next season or maybe the season after that. Can he get to 15, play for half the league? That would be impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, they, the whole OKC twice thing is a bunch of baloney because he didn't leave and then come back. He just was there when they transitioned from Seattle right. to OKC. Yep. So that's just yep. one franchise. So that's why mm. he is he is up on list currently as this will be his 11th team. So he's still one short. That makes sense mm-hmm. uh, to me. <laughs> I, I hope he gets to 12 uh, and stays there because we need a little more uh, compost talk in this world. And if we've got a Chucky Brown <laughs> and a Jeff Green, sure, boom, perfect <laughs> stuff. Ishmith, and Ishmith is knocking on the door. His yeah. next team will be 12, so he'll be tied Ooh. as soon oh. as he gets signed. Oh, there you go, Lee. You were close on that yeah. one. I, I thought I thought Ishmith, though, last season, there was something about him tying it, but uh, I guess not. I guess he's one short. So. And the whole thing is you have to actually play a game, too. Right, just maybe that's it. Yeah. traded to the franchise and never yeah. see minutes. Because uh, Quinton Richardson, remember, he got traded like five times one <laughs> summer, but uh, obviously didn't play for those teams. But Jeff Green, remember, as well, he missed an entire season with a, with a heart uh, uh, you know, yeah. thing. So, you yeah. know. Condition, yeah. So the fact that he's uh, still in the leagues, you know, after a, a, a health scale like that is quite a remarkable effort. Well done, hey, Jeff. Uh, just sort of, I guess this is almost back to the WTF question, but I wanted to throw it in here. The Spurs, uh, day one of free agency. <laughs> a little interesting. Uh, Doug McDermott, three years, $42 million for Dougie McBuckets there. And then they threw $22 million over three years to the injury-plagued uh, former Blazers big man now. Zach Collins. Um, yeah, what do you think of those moves, uh, Trey? I was surprised because they were a team that was rumored to be in the mix for Lowry Markkinen, but they just signed two other Lowry Markkinens. So right. I don't know if uh, that's the thing. But the Spurs need three-point shooting. They didn't take a whole bunch of them, and they didn't make a whole bunch of them last year. Looks like they might lose Patty Mills. Uh, he's certainly in demand right now, though obviously the Spurs would love to keep him around. He's a... You know, a San Antonio legend there. Um, but they need some bu- some guys to shoot three-pointers. And that's what Doug McDermott can do. 
let's hear from you guys in the stream team and uh, you know below the video here you can tweet at us at well as well at no dunk sync your favorite minor deals because there's obviously a million of them still we're not gonna be able to touch on all of them so so let us know and make your case uh, in the comment section or again on Twitter uh, just a final question here to sort of wrap up our free agency talk for at least day one and uh, we'll get to the Olympics in a second here the quarterfinals games. Just so everybody knows, the biggest names left on the market. Well, Sam Decker, he's gone, guys. Yeah, but that opens up the whole world, Skeets. I hope you have some random players who were in the NBA last in the three to four seasons who have disappeared for a while. Maybe they're making the list. Sergio. Sergio, you. (laughs) He's coming back. I love it. Uh, So the biggest names left. Kawhi Leonard, of course, is at the top of everybody's list, but it's uh, by all accounts he's going to be just figuring out what type of deal he's going to sign with the Clippers. Is he going one and one to then sign a massive five-year max later on? Is he going to do this four-year extension? We'll see. Demar Derozan still out there as a, you know a potential free agent. What do the Spurs do with him? Where does he go? Does he take a pay cut to go to one of these teams that could be a title contender? John Collins hasn't come to an agreement yet. With the Hawks, though, most people are thinking that's pretty likely. Again, they're just trying to figure out a number. I had some Hawks fans tweeting me last night, or excuse me, uh, texting me, I should say. Um, wow, Jared Allen got five years, $100 million. What does that mean for John Collins? And I was like, you know, they were basically saying it was our, our friend Jared. He was like, who, do, who would you rather have? Jared Allen or John Collins? I was like, John pretty Collins. Good, pretty good question. Yeah, I sort of said John Collins too, but I was like, Jared I'm not going to be John. angry with either of them. So. No, no, I, I, yeah. I think uh, I think John Collins gives you a little bit more on the offensive end. Defensively, Jared Allen's great, but I think the Hawks should just sign him up to pretty close to, to a max. max. Yeah, yeah, because you'll be able to move him. He's young enough. Uh, if and, and Trey Young did sign his uh, rookie extension yep. there yesterday, yep. so I think you just got to show some faith in John Collins. I thought he was really good for them in the end in the playoffs and. Um, you know, that contract isn't going to uh, hamstring you for too long. So I would do it. I wouldn't hesitate too much on it. Okay. So he'll probably be staying with the Hawks. You know, he sees, again, Jared Allen was five years, right? $100 yeah. million, so that's $20 million a year. So I think, yeah, uh, you would expect uh, Collins gets a little bit more than that. Dennis Schroeder. I mean, geez. He could be in trouble here. A lot of people pointing out, like, where's he going to get the money from? Who's going to sign this guy to the type of deal that he turned down? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're starting to run out of teams at a certain point with uh, the need for him, the want for him, and then the money for him. So he's still available. Kelly Oubre Jr. is still there. Reggie Jackson. And there there are others. But Patty Mills, I guess, like uh, Trey, you threw it in there. A lot of interest from the Warriors and the Lakers and uh, possibly a couple other teams I'm forgetting right now. But those are the names that are sort of uh, the bigger names that are left unless I'm forgetting anyone Lily, you got a list in front of you who am I no, you, you've, you've pretty much covered them all I mean Patty Mills is an interesting one uh, yeah. because he does seem to be in pretty high demand out there so uh, but he's also kind of loyal to the Spurs so I'm not sure exactly which way he's going to go there but uh I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get a decent contract either way. But DeRozan's another interesting one as well because I'm surprised there's no real rumor right now of where he's going. It's kind of it's up in the air. So uh, yeah, he, he's 32 years old. DeRozan. I talked about it yesterday. Good, consistent, reliable scorer. There's not a lot of those guys out there. So uh, I'm I'm a little surprised no one's uh, grabbed him yet. So maybe he ends up back in San Antonio though. I. I think so. It's possible. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely possible. Uh, anything to uh, to add here, Tess, as we put a little button on uh, you know, what we're calling day one of free agency? No, I, I remember the question of Dennis Schroeder turning down four years, 80-plus from the Lakers, and whether or not he would regret that. And I thought, nah, they're going to pay him in the offseason. And now, uh, now that the Knicks 
have gone and uh, spent all their money. Is mm -hmm. anyone going to pay Dennis Schroeder? Here's a question. Would you rather have Dennis Schroeder or Evan Fournier on your team for four <laughs> for 80? I think Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's up in the air. Huh? Yeah, Schroeder feels like he's going to sign a one-year deal and then play it by ear next offseason. But this yeah. was the year with so few guards. Such like There just wasn't a, a lot of big-name point guards. Uh, Lowry, obviously, Conley. And then Schroeder was kind of that third guy. And it's Dinwiddie, surprising. I guess, if you consider him a right. point guard or a yeah. shooting guard. Yeah. I mean, sort of similar to Schroeder. Uh, and then Reggie Jackson has played himself in maybe to a decent deal. Yeah. We'll see. He, uh, that might be the way they go. You're right, Tass. <laughs> it's like, uh, which isn't, I don't think, great. I think you may have uh, wished you signed the four-year 20 per there. <laughs> It's a, it's a lot of money, but we'll see. Uh, let's take one more break, and then we'll talk a little Olympics. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, back with No Dunks. Last night, early this morning, this morning, we had the uh, four quarterfinal men's basketball Olympic Games. Uh, so we'll recap those for you and set up the semifinals. Uh, 12.40 a.m. Eastern tip, United States versus Spain. Team USA got it done. 95-81. to 81. Tied at halftime. You know, once again, uh, great first quarter uh, from the Team USA's opponent, in this case, Spain. Rubio on fire. Tass looking like a madman for saying Ricky Rubio was going to possibly be flirting with an all-star nod there in Cleveland. If he plays like this, lock it in. 38 points in the loss. But uh, Kevin Durant catching fire there in the third quarter, especially. He had a great game, 29 overall. And just like the Czech Republic game, they pulled away in that quarter and got the pretty comfortable win. Um, how'd you watch it last night there, TK, did you go to bed, wake up? Did you stay up? Did you watch it in the morning? Did you just check highlights out? How did you consume this game? I went to bed for two hours so and then I. woke up and watched the game at night. It was awesome. I felt uh, felt like a young man again. <laughs> Waking up to watch Team USA versus Spain. You nailed it. KD was honestly the difference last oh. night. 29, 10-17 shooting. Massive third quarter. But I thought he was almost even better defensively. Him and Draymond were all over the place to the point that Spain basically could not play Powell and Marc Gasol. Like, they just couldn't play their big guys because they yeah. couldn't, because, you know, Draymond or KD would get a deflection inside and then it was a turnover going the other way. And the old guys just couldn't handle it out there uh, with with uh, the speed that 
Team USA was playing with. Lillard and Tatum both had a couple of nice moments in the second half. Zach Levine hit a couple of nice shots. And like you're saying, impressive stuff from Rubio last night. Oh. Pull up threes, incredible finishes in the lane. He's going to be the next guy we see that we're like, wow, this guy is still in the Olympics. Look yeah. how handsome he is. Yeah. You know, he's only he's already played in three Olympics now. He's almost 31, so he's for sure got a fourth Olympics in him. Yeah, Not out of the realm of possibility. He goes for five Olympics at that point. I guess he'd be, what, 38 years old? Probably starting to gray a little bit. Maybe he still has the beard, the long hair. Be looking great if you ask me, but uh, I think that's the guy. Uh, we've been watching Rubio play in these international competitions for the longest time. He always steps up on the biggest stage, even though Spain lost last night. That was fun to see. Oh, my God. I like that he now has the most points ever against Team USA in the Olympics or any major event. Used to be Dirk, who had 34 for Germany nice. against... Uh, the USA in a world championship game in 2002, I saw Windhorse writing, but now it's Ricky Rubio Tess. Uh, he was attacking like crazy last night, especially from the jump and finishing with 38, but they were uh, overpowered, of course, in the end by Team USA. Yeah, it's weird to see Ricky Rubio as the go-to guy with all these stars that have played for so long for the Spanish national team. It was just uh, enjoyable for me to always have flick on the TV every couple of years and see Spain and Rudy Fernandez and Sergio Rodriguez and the Gasols and and those guys do it. But that's it shows how long they've been doing it that Ricky yeah. Rubio is now uh, their go-to guy. And Pau and Mark, I didn't like seeing them sit on the bench, hang out. I know I'm a fan of of men's grays and, and guys graying, but Pau <laughs> sitting there with his gray beard on the sideline, unable to play in the fourth quarter just because the game was moving too fast. Uh, it was... Yeah, kind of sad to see, but it, they, uh, that's probably his last professional game. I, yeah. I don't think he's going back and playing for Barcelona next season. He just he just did this year, but it was a, an incredible run for yeah Sergio Yule and the boys. Uh, it'll be a different iteration a couple of years from now, but a great great session for uh, the the what I thought was like Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets team in the second half. It was like all right, let's lock this thing down on the defensive end after you know not playing tight enough in the first half and and they absolutely locked it up and as you guys mentioned uh all those guys playing like Zach Levine just playing off the ball waiting for his shots Damian Lillard doing his thing like they they took their turns offensively and on the other end to see a guy like you know Devin Booker not known for his defense but playing defense like he was in the NBA finals just a couple weeks ago getting on the floor getting dirty that team is unbeatable to me if they play that way for you know four more halves or at least do that for a half in each of the the semifinals and the finals sorry lee i'm already looking past the australia team in the semifinals but uh i mean that's that that that's their challenge to be the best version of themselves there not to get all uh all introspective but if they play like that they can't be beat um Pau Gasol and marcus all retiring from international play i mean they basically all but confirmed that but you're right uh Likely, Pau Gasol just won't play a professional basketball game in any league uh, at, at the end of the day. But Marcus Gasol says he's going to be, of course, playing for the Lakers. So we know that. But I think this is, what, five now consecutive Olympics? Is that right, Lee, where Team USA has knocked out Spain? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, like you in might be quarterfinal right. action or semifinal action at times or yeah. in the finals, of course, uh, for the gold medal. Well, what was it? I think it was four. France, France, four. France, four. Yeah, because four? France Eight, knocked 12, Spain 16. out when, although that was the World Championships, wasn't it? 8-12-16 uh, in this yeah. one. No, because in the, in yeah. the one. What? What do you mean? Oh, 8-12-16. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Yeah. We're 21. Just I'm all screwed. Never mind. Countings. It doesn't matter. Countings. <laughs> they can't Because they lost in 04. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, but. 
You said it. Team USA will be playing Australia. You're, you're looking past them. Australia just oh, hammered Argentina. 97-59. Lili, how are you feeling about the Boomers' chances to... Uh, you want a medal. That's really what you're hoping for at the end of the day uh, because the men's basketball team has never done it in the Olympics. So even if they were to lose to Team USA, of course, we'll be playing for the bronze again. But do you like their chances here to... Uh, to beat Team USA when it matters, I guess, really. Sure, why not? I mean, Australia's playing its best basketball uh, yeah. and they must feel confident having won that preseason or the you know the pre-tournament game in America against the USA. Now, things have certainly changed. The US looks incredibly uh, improved since those uh, games in Las Vegas there. But I thought in 2016 that was our best chance to medal. Uh, and I thought that almost might be the end of it for some of our guys, for Paddy and Andrew Bogan and those guys. But instead, they've come back and I think this is the best Australian team we've ever had. So uh, this is the best chance we've ever got. Uh, you're going up against a team that uh, is very confident, of course, the favourite. But there's no reason to think that Australia can't compete and uh, keep the game close. And if that's the case, then uh, I feel as good as I've ever felt about Australia getting from out. If we finish fourth again, I just don't know what I'll do. I mean, because we, I think it was 2016, we beat Serbia in the first like qualifying game or second qualifying game and then lost to them. For the in the medal round, and they went on to make the final. So uh, it's been it's it's like it just feels like we're finally going to break through. But of course, we face the USA at this stage. It would be probably a little bit better if we were facing uh, Slovenia or um, Italy. Oh, France, excuse me. Yeah, but even still, those those two teams are also playing fantastic basketball. So who knows? But uh, I'm just happy for uh, Australia that we uh, got off to a bit of a slow start ourselves against Argentina, uh, and then ended up going 19-0 run to start the fourth yeah. quarter, which put the lead uh, out to 31. And uh, speaking of guys retiring and old guys, Luis Scola, I don't think he officially announced it, but he got a standing ovation from yeah. everybody there on the court when he checked out with uh, you know 30 or 40 seconds to go there, and it certainly looked from the way that he was uh, sort of taking it all in there that he's probably done. And, I mean, he's 41, so I don't think he's going to be playing in the Olympics anymore. But maybe he'll play professionally somewhere. But uh, uh, an absolute legend of the international game. Um, you know, sort of sad way for him, his career to end, but uh, that's the way it goes. So, yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited. I think this is going to be uh, an awesome game, and I really hope it lives up to it. I think both of these games could be great because in the other side of things, you had Slovenia beating Germany, Luka 28-11, Zoran Dragic uh, 27 points, 11-13 shooting, so they move on to the semifinals. Luka has not lost yeah. with the senior team, all time, perfect 17-0, this is crazy, so that's fun, and they're taking on France who uh, took care of Italy in the end, it was a little closer than maybe I thought it was going to be, 84-75, Italy made a rate, uh, late run there in the fourth, but Rudy Gobert, 22-9 and nine in that, so France, Slovenia, and then Australia versus Team USA, and those two winners will play for the gold medal on the weekend, um, just to uh, circle back to what I was trying to say there, I thought I had, my, right. I had right. my facts no, right. right, yeah, Ben Five Oliver had the tweet, USA men's basketball team has ended Spain's gold medal hopes in the past five Olympics now. So twice in the quarterfinals, 2021, uh, and then 2004. Yeah. And they beat them in the finals in 08 and 12, and then they beat them in the semifinals in 16. um, Hasn't Rubio played four Olympics already then? He must have missed one because he played in 08. I think he had a torn ACL. Yeah. I think he only played in 2012. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense then. Yeah. 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 Louis Scola played in five himself. That's. But he took the game ball after the game, so he's probably not playing a, a sixth one when he's 45 years of age. I, I, <laughs> well, I, I he'll only be that. 44, though, won't he? Because it's, it's only going to be three years away. <laughs> oh, uh, saved the year. Yeah, yeah, he got me. Yeah, he got me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these time. games are on... Do we know when these games are? I haven't checked the schedule. Yeah, when, that, when are they playing uh, these? That 1240 time slot that they played in last night, they're playing. the U.S. is playing in again. <sighs> 
technically right. Thursday morning, 1240 Eastern, 940 Pacific, Wednesday night. That's when you got to be on the West Coast, man. That's oh, where that's nice. man. Oh, wow. So this is a pretty pretty quick turnaround here for these semifinals games. You said when, Wednesday, uh, you know, yeah. super late night for us, Thursday yeah. or early morning. Okay. Uh, all right. And then the weekend will be the gold medal and the bronze games. All right. Good What luck. do you think about this, Lee? A good uh, question from Erwin Orosio in the stream team. Will there be another singing bet between Lee and Trey <laughs> like during the 2012 Olympics? If I'm not mistaken, I ended up singing Waltzing Matilda. Uh, I don't know what the bet was because I just looked at the box score and USA won by 33 points. So I'm sure we bet oh, on the line, the line somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was like 35 or something like that. I don't know how I took the L, but yeah. <laughs> I'm in if you are. we got to yeah. find some kind of line here. Skeets, yeah. what, what kind of line are you going to give uh, Team USA? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to be huge. Though, if I remember correctly, like their game one versus France back in the, uh, in the group stage, they were favored by like 15, 15 and a half back then. Though, like, how, how do we feel about setting it at eight and a half? I mean, that still yeah. actually feels pretty... Pretty That's hot. Fine, yeah. Okay, yeah. you guys are the ones making the bet. So, Lee, you're obviously taking the boomers to cover. Trey, do you feel comfortable with a, a nine-point victory from Team US? I think that's sort of right, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll maybe take the US. Okay, so, and what? Loser has to sing sing some sort of anthem-type song? <laughs> what, okay, what? I like that. The loser has to sing um, a, a country song of choice. You know, so Lee could choose uh, Waltzing Matilda or any other, you know, like, notable Australian song. Yeah. And K-San by Cold Chisel. I think that's what you'll be singing. <laughs> oh, perfect. You're going to do a little ditty about Jack and Diane. Oh, on chili dog. Sucking oh. on a chili dog. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Wow, well, that's a tiny line, Skeets. I love it. Yeah, that's I easy. Yeah, that's I easy. know. I should have gone a little eight bit. Eight and a half. Woo. I would have taken man. 18 and a half. <laughs> wow. I don't know. The boomers are playing really well from what I've seen them in this tournament, too. They've got gorgeous Gorgian on the side. Brian Gorgian, uh-huh. head coach. Uh, He's back. He's great. 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 Okay. We'll see. Uh, so somebody will be singing a weird country song, uh, either about sucking on a chili dog or what's, what's your song about Lee? Which one is San. It? It's uh it's cold chisels, classic song about the war. So, uh, yeah. Chizzy. Yeah, I, think, I think it was actually banned for a while in Australia, but it's back now. You'll love it. Trey. It's great. <laughs> cool. Oh boy. You might be canceled if you sing this song. I don't know. Nah, you'll be fine. You'll be all fine. Right. Uh, all right. Let's get to tweet of the night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the night. It was teased as an Expendables 3 threequel to our earlier talk about some old guys. And surprisingly, this is not a joke. Tweet of the night comes to us from Jason Concepcion, who reminds us of an incredible moment from Rudy Fernandez's rookie season. Jason tweets, I've had Rudy Fernandez howling, vote for me, stuck in my head since 2009. Take a listen. Vote for me. Votame. Votame. No. Slandan Colestar in Phoenix. Do you remember what that vote yeah. was for? Yeah, to get yeah, in the dunk the contest. Last participant. Yeah. yeah. The last participant in the dunk contest. Do you know who the other candidates were that Eric- Rudy Fernandez beat out? Eric Gordon? No. J.S. No, Joe, Joe Alexander? 
That's one. Yeah. Joe Alexander. And the other Russell. one is a Russell Westbrook. Oh, wow. Nice call, Tass. Rudy Fernandez won a fan vote for the dunk contest, beating out Joe Alexander and Russell Westbrook. Had to see him. Got him in in a Fernando Martin jersey. Uh, some shenanigans with the judging, they said, as Rudy was the first guy eliminated. I saw some people in the stream team saying Rudy Fernandez could have had a longer NBA career if he wanted. I actually would agree with yeah. that. He's one of those... Uh, Spain national team guys who has been around forever. I think he played in the 04 Olympics. He has one of my favorite, like, random NBA moments. He, like, makes a three-pointer. I think he makes a three-pointer yeah. right at the end of a, of a quarter. The other team's inbounding the ball, and he gets the steal on the inbounds and hits another three as, like, the buzzer's going off. Incredible stuff from Rudy Fernandez. You know what I was thinking about with Eric Gordon? It was 2010. DeRozan and Eric Gordon had a dunk-off yep. to decide, like, uh, who I guess the final guy was going to be. Wow. Rudy Fernandez, Joe Alexander, and Russell Westbrook in yeah. 09. Another uh, claim to fame for Rudy Fernandez is he's the guy who made Brent Berry retire. Brent Berry always yeah. says that mm. he got on the floor and Rudy Fernandez was running around screens and Brent couldn't keep up, and he, that's when he knew he was done. Mm. Yeah. Wow. There you go. All right, well, we'll call it there. We're done as well. Um, that was a long one, but had a lot to talk about. Again, let's hear... Your answers to all the questions we had about day one of free agency. You know, the biggest winner, biggest what the f*** deal, favorite minor deal, um, who you're intrigued that still remains on the free agency market, where you want to see them go. Your thoughts on Sam Decker headed to the Raptors. Uh, give us a real detailed breakdown in the YouTube comments and how he's going to contribute to the championship for Toronto Raptors. Um, yeah, let us know. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Send your questions in, nodunks at theathletic.com. For our next Beach Step and Podcast, subscribe. To the Athletic. The Athletic was killing it last night with the live blog. All, I mean, you really forget at times how many amazing reporters the Athletic has that can just like instantly jump on when, you know, something involving their team or a player that they covered happens. And then they're like, boom, here's an immediate reaction that's like really informative most of the time. So get yourself an Athletic subscription. Go sorry, to com slash no dunks. Yeah. Sorry to jump in. Uh, a tweet of the night possibility was the Athletic tweeted out. What's your steal of NBA free agency so far? First comment was, don't I pay you guys like 60 bucks a year for you to tell me that? <laughs> Good, comment. Good comment. That's pretty funny. You get a way better deal than 60 bucks, though. Yeah, it's if 50% you go to percent off right now, yeah. too. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks, baby. Uh, this is fun. I don't know if we're going to be doing like uh, another free agency you know, reaction podcast. Maybe if more things happen here over the next couple of hours, if something juicy happens. Sure, we'll jump on. Otherwise, otherwise, on Wednesday, it is the launch of our summer series, Fast Friends, where Trey, JD, and I watch and recap every single Fast and the Furious movie uh, from that entire franchise, where uh, I've been told there's like nine or something like that, maybe more if you're counting... Uh, who? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. I was going to say Kelvin Hobbs or something. Like that. Um, so, yeah, we're doing that. That launches tomorrow. Again, probably uh, on Wednesday, we'll put up the first one for, of course, the first movie. We're watching them in the order they were released. I have never seen 
uh, up until this point, a single Fast and the Furious. Trey Kirby's the expert. JD, you've seen a couple of them. JD's just mm-hmm. hilarious at breaking down movies. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on the podcast feed. And uh, we're putting that up to YouTube as well. Is that right, uh, JD? Yeah. Absolutely, of course. Yeah. So, Fast Friends, the uh, premiere of the summer podcast series, uh, <laughs> drops probably tomorrow or at least some point this week. But, again, we'll see what happens in the NBA. And if something crazy uh, is crazy enough, we'll jump on and talk about it. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us here this morning. Huge numbers in the stream team. We love it. So you should celebrate that by going to nodunks.com and get yourself a Stream Team t-shirt or a Stream Team mug. You know, commemorate the day where we have a lot of people in the Stream Team. Where were you? Be a nice thing to tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, All right. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, people can change because I'm going to go back to Sam Decker here for a sec. The rap sign Sam Decker was out of the league, playing in Europe for a couple of years. And our man John Hollinger at The Athletic, where you can get some fantastic analysis. What's that website? Theathletic.com slash no dunks if you want a subscription. Uh, He tweeted, Sam Decker shot 28.8% from the floor or from three, I should say, in four seasons in the NBA and 42% last year in Turkey. Oh, Huh. If he shoots, he's an NBA player. People can change. Embrace the day, people. Mm-hmm.